0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey everyone, this is Paul Brennan, PJ Professional with Believe in Tennessee Golf here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Our show is a breakdown of all things golf in the volunteer state. We will cover men's and women's golf tournaments, professional and amateur events, and dive into junior golf as well. We will talk to the players, the instructors, and the organizers. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminaire, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com or at Believe Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at pbrannon21 or on Twitter at qic. Underscore golf pro. So, I hope everybody had a fourth, a happy, and safe fourth of July. Uh, I know I actually got to get out and play, do a little time vacation, some recharging of the batteries of myself. So, I hope everyone else got out there as well. So, let's go ahead and dive into the pro am series. So, Knoxville and Tri Cities were the only two playing this week. Uh, the country club in Morristown uh, for Knoxville. Walt Chapman shoots 67, congrats to him. Nathan Blanchard shoots 69, and Braxton Hunter shoots 70. Moving over to the Tri-Cities at Lonesome Pines, Dylan Jones shoots 66, and our friend Chris Woods shoots 70 coming in second. So great job together the Pro-Ams. Everybody else is starting to kick back up mid-June. So jump on GolfHouseTennessee.com, go to the Tennessee PGA site. You can see all the Pro-Ams coming up to get out and play. Sned's tour is in full effect. We had events at The Grove, Brainerd, Graysburg Hills, Jackson Country Club, Bluegrass Yacht and Country Club, Willow Creek, Vinny Links, Brown Acres, Riverbend Country Club, Timber Trust, Franklin Bridge, Bear Trace at Thames Ford, the Links at Fox Meadows, Legacy at Springfield, Two Rivers, Beaver Brook, Champions Run, Cleveland Country Club. Humboldt Country, Golf and Country Club, Riverside, Warrior's Path, Little Course, Clinchview, Indian Hills, Greystone, Bear Trace at Cumberland Mountain, the course at Swanee, Ted Rhodes, and Wedgewood. Everything's winding up. Their Regional Tour Tournament of Champions events will start July 13th, so check out the website there, Snedstour.org. So we had two tournaments played. Uh, during this time, you know, when we talked to our friend, uh, or my friend, Scott Masters, last week, uh, the, he had just finished up a tournament at the Yamaha Players. We didn't really go into that much detail of the tournament itself, but some amazing scores in a playoff at 11-under for two days at the Yamaha Players Club at Oak Ridge Country Club was Andrew Bateman, and host professional Glenn Hudson. Now Glenn did lose to a birdie in the playoffs so Glenn finished second. Congratulations, Andrew, on that win. Tied for third, we had Oliver Simonson. Walt Chapman, Ryan Terry, and Ben Rebney all shooting nine under. Some some amazing golf going on out there, guys. Um, in the senior division, Bill Breen shoots 10 under, winning that tournament. That was his third section tournament win in a row. More into that in a second. Coming in secret, Henrik Simonsen, um, at 8-under, third was Brian Rogers. At 6-under and tied for fourth was Mark Hauser and Mike Poe. So again, great job playing there. So this past week, Tuesday and Wednesday, played at National Golf Athletic, was the Tennessee Senior PGA Championship. Now this is a qualifier event uh Top five, actually in this case top six, qualified to go play the PGA Golf Club in October for their chance to qualify for the Senior PGA Championship. So this is a major for the club pros. Bill Breen, congratulations for his fourth win in a row uh, this year. So far he has won the Senior PGA this week. Last week he won the Yamahas Players. Which is a major. The week before, or two weeks prior, he won the Green Meadows Lynx Invitational, or Foothills Invitational in Green Meadow. And the tournament before that was the Senior State Open at Stonehenge. So, he has won three majors in a row. Can we say Brill Breen Slam? Um, congratulations, Bill. Great playing on that. Fired an amazing bogey-free 64 to win the tournament, 8-under on the final day. Uh, Jared Melson, who has been on our show before, uh, t- uh, second place at 4-under. Walt Chapman, who you've heard me mention mo- numerous times, finishes third uh, at 2-under. Audie Johnson, the uh, head professional at Ted Rhodes uh, here in the national area shoots one under, and Jake Reeves and Henrik Simonson shooting even. That rounds out your qualifiers to go to the national event. So again, great job there, guys. Um, lots of golf being played. I hope you're getting out playing some, too. Lots of good golf being played. Um, there's a reason I haven't been playing a lot of these tournaments. Um, so we'll work on my game and get it there soon, but anyway. Catching up from the fourth, again, a lot of tournaments and a lot of things going on. PGA Tour back for its fourth week. We saw the amazing Bryson DeChambeau show this past weekend um, leading into two tournaments back-to-back at Memorial on the PGA. that's going to be really cool and fun to watch to see how they do that. So we're going to jump right into the listener questions. Uh, First question coming in from Instagram from Keith is asking more information about the strokes gained and kind of leading into the Bryson uh, DeChambeau. How is he able to lead both driving and putting strokes gained? So, Keith, as you asked this question about how was he able to win the driving and the putting strokes gained, um, I've, I've gone into explanations of what strokes gained is before, but again, to really boil it down, you take the average the hole is scoring for the year, uh, distance-wise, you then subtract the distance they hit their tee shot, that gives you a value of what they should score from there, and then you either make up or lose ground to the field. So, You and I can hit tee shots the same distance, or you can hit it further than me off the tee, and we make the same hole, but you made up shutouts on the field because of where you drove it and didn't take advantage of it, and I lost shots at the field because I didn't hit it as far. So again, it's a complex algorithm that gets way above my head. Um, But what was really absolutely amazing is this past week, Bryson led the field in strokes gained with 6.672 cumulative shots gained on the field for the tour. And it just means that he's hitting it so far past the average tour pro that he's making up six shots over the course of a tournament um, from where he's driving it. So he's having a lot more wedges and short irons um, than the average tour pro. And again, everything is based on the average as you go through this. But what's even more impressive, Bryson's always been an amazing ball striker. He won the NCAAs. Uh, when he played at uh, Southern Methodist um, his junior year and and has won five times on tour already back-to-back in the playoffs last year. So we know he's a very good... But he is a streaky player. He's on or he's off. Um, And the one area that's tend to give him more problems is actually the putting. Um, I know he's gone to the uh, sick putter, which actually has multiple lofts across it. So no matter where you hit the putter, low or high on the face, you get a consistent roll off of it. And he's gone to that longer arm lock style putter as well. Um, But he was able to make up 7.83 shots on the field uh, over the week for 72 holes putting. And again, just means he beat the average guy by seven shots putting. So six shots off the tee, seven shots off the greens, yet he only wins by a couple of shots. So those numbers can be misleading, Keith. So again, there's you can search on Google how to figure golf shots strokes gained, and it goes into the complete algorithm. But it's an amazing concept to see somebody being this good off the tee and in the short game, it's not just one thing. We, For years, we've seen Roy dominate. We've seen Dustin Johnson dominate off the tee. Um, and, you know, those guys are, are good, but they're not as solid on the greens. That's where Bryson's really changing it so much, as he's stepped up his putting and taken it to a whole nother level. So Keith, I hope it helps with that a little bit. Um, If not, keep firing the questions. I'll try and explain it a little bit better. I always try and keep it on my grade level uh, when explaining strokes gains because you can get lost on that one really quick. So the next one comes in from Josh. And Josh is asking, you hear a lot of commentators and people on TV talking about a go-to shot um, and why? And and so Josh, what I refer to as the go-to shot is the shot that you can hit consistently without thinking about it. Now, there's a few guys on tour who still tend to work the ball a lot. They turn it left, they turn it right on demand, and most of them do it with their irons. But with their drivers, you're seeing more and more of these guys pick a shot pattern and hit that same shot. And I I use Dustin Johnson and Zach Johnson as an example, if with a lot of my students um, in lessons. But Zach is this guy who's going to step up and he's going to hit a shot that starts right and it's going to turn back left and he's just going to hit draws with drivers and that's just what he does. Um, I'm sure Zach can cut it if he wanted to, but he's just figured out how to hit fairways and hit consistent shots that way. Dustin Johnson has done the same thing just on the other end of the spectrum. Um, He hits the driver or hits the cut with the driver so his ball starts left and tends to move right. So, the reason this becomes important is if you start practicing working it both ways, you open up this channel for a two way miss. You hear them talk about on TV a lot of times. And it's when you're trying to hit this big high cut and you pull hook it, or you're trying to hit this big sling and draw and you hang the face out to the right. And it's because you practiced all these different timing drills. And I always compare golf to reaction sports as much as I can, um, and, and looking at free throw and basketball shooting so when you're shooting a free throw it doesn't matter if you're down by five or up by one you shoot the shot the same way you do the same process you do everything from the free throw and a free throw is very similar to a T shot it's the time you get to put it control it and do everything yourself and if you just have this one shot we've never really seen anybody shoot right-handed when they're up or left-handed when they're down in basketball um, uh, from the free throw line. And, and so if you just had this one shot that you work on all the time under pressure, you're going to have a better chance of pulling that off. So Josh, I would tell you pick a cut, pick a fade, pick a draw, pick a hook, whatever you prefer, but work on that one shot, how to put your tee shot in play on every hole, whether it's a dog leg left or dog leg right. Um, uh, we actually saw some shots at, um, Some shots on the first hole today at the tournament. Mickelson was playing with Jordan Spieth. And Mickelson hits his shot that starts in again. Mickelson's tendency um, has had a driver that leaks slightly right to left. Uh, That's why he's played Augusta so well. Um, And so he starts his driver down the right side, has this little cut, drives it over the bunker right in perfect play. Jordan Spieth steps up to control the same ball flight. Jordan hits a three-wood, and Jordan starts it down the right center, turns it over to the left side of the fairway, and again, in good shape just to start off the hole. But both these guys were working it in the same direction with their go-to shots. Jordan just knows that if he's under pressure and has to put it in play, he's going to hit that three-wood. And Mickelson's going to live and die by the driver and the wedge, so you know he's always going to hit the most amazing, terrific shots there. But Josh, like I said, pick a shot. That way you can line up at a target and get a predictable miss and you'll start increasing your fairways hit just by trying to hit the same shot over and over. Work your irons if you need to. I understand cutting it back to certain pins and drawing it depends, but my recommendation off the tee, find that go-to shot, hit that one, make it work, make it count. So now that Josh has figured out how to hit some more fairways, let's jump over to Will's question about practice. And Will's question is, when you go to the range to practice, what are you working on? Well, Will that become the conversation between you and your instructor? Um, I know what I'd have my students do is if we're working on a particular drill, and I'll, I'll use one of my students' example. Uh, he was in for a lesson yesterday, and actually I saw him for a practice today. But we were working on shortening his swing for a little bit more control um, under pressure, being more stable and more consistent. And so in the lesson yesterday, all we did was hit basically half the three-quarter style shots. Uh, I placed a noodle next to the arm um, and let him hit so his hands never can make a full swing. Did that at first to get a feeling for it, cut him loose, and then all of a sudden... T- What he feels is three-quarters is really as far as we need to make a swing, looking very much like a a Dustin Johnson, a little over three-quarters, maybe 80% at the top, and he doesn't lose any distance because he's able to hit the middle of the club. So when he comes in for his practice today, all he basically did is make short back swing, long follow-through, so trying to hit it as far as he can from a short position, so getting used to making shorter swings to get that under control. So, Will, whatever you're working on with your coach, um, look for some practice drills. I know one of the ones I recommend is if you go out for a small bucket of balls, uh, and we'll just use this kind of punch drill as an example. So, for the first 10 shots, I would tell my student, don't even worry about what the ball goes. Just focus on the short backswing and follow through, and we're going to do that 10 times. The next 10 balls, and again, we're saying a small bucket here, which is about 30 balls. The next 10, shots 11 through 20, We're gonna do just a little bit longer swing, but we're gonna be mindful of where the ball's going. And this is gonna be the the feedback I want from my student. Was it turning left? Was it going straight? Did it feel solid? Just information feedback that lets me know the practice is working, or maybe I need to prescribe another drill. Uh, And then the final 10 shots, little bit more of a full swing, but we're still thinking about it. We haven't shut our brain off yet. Um, So when we're doing drills like that, I want my students to focus a lot on the process of it and just kind of report the results. We'll get good results once we perfect that process. That's one of the things things I talk about with all my students. Um, But it's just getting you into that motion of doing the same thing over and over again until the results become more automatic or predictable. Um, So Will, next time you go out to the range, whatever you're working on, break it up into thirds on a small bucket, do the first ten doing your drill, the next ten A little bit longer version of the drill, and then the last 10 just kind of making the full swings with the drill. Going over to Instagram for our next question. Scott is curious of how to select what tees to play when playing with his 9-year-old son. So, Scott, one of the big things I'm a, a huge promoter of, and, and Jack Nicholas and, and Honor uh, Palmer came up with this idea and pushed it years ago, but it was the Tee at Ford program. Uh, and what the Tee at Ford program does is based on how far your tee shot goes, it makes a recommendation of the golf course you're supposed to play. And I know we've talked about this one before, but Scott brought up the question, so I'm going to go ahead and go there but when we watched the Wendy's three tour challenge for years where the LPGA, the PGA and the champions tour would get together and play. What you would find is they would make the par threes equivalent to the iron. So taking the average player and and we'd say that the, Uh, an average guy hits a 7-iron 150, and uh, an average girl hits it 135, you want to make those two holes the same, so that everybody's hitting 7-iron in that hole. Now, it's harder to do with drivers because people hit their drivers so much further, but that's what they're always trying to do, is once you figure out that percentage of how much shorter a hole should be based on your length, that's the T you should play. So, Scott, however, you're not, however far your nine-year-old hits it, um, and you can actually go to uh, just Google search uh, "T at forward uh, club calculator or distance calculator, and it kicks out a really detailed um, recommendation on this. But so, if a tee shot goes 100 yards, then that recommended 9-hole golf course, or 18-hole golf course, actually, um, is somewhere between 2,100 and 2,300 yards. So it's a great little course here in uh, the Franklin area, the the par threes. Uh, I know with my daughter, when we go out to the play of the golf course, uh, I put her at 150 yards to tee off uh, with her tee shots. And then on the par threes, I put her at 100 yards. So get her used to playing where she's hitting the driver up there kind of close to the green she can chip on and then from the par threes, she can hit some kind of hybrid or long iron um, into that green uh, if the tee shot goes about 125 yards and you move that out to 2,800 to 3,000, you jump all the way up. Now, again, this does 150, 175, 200, so you can check all that out. I won't read all the numbers off to you, but as soon as you get to somebody able to hit the driver 275 yards, now they need to be playing golf courses that are 6,700 yards or longer, and that's what you see most of the guys uh, playing on the tours, uh, the PGA. If you look at the, the distance of 250, uh, then those golf courses are going to be about 6,000, And that's going to be the shorter golf courses on the uh, Champions Tour or even the longer golf courses on the LPGA Tour are going to be around that 6,000, mark. So the, the governing bodies do a really good job of making sure everybody's playing on level, playing fields the best they can. Again, you can't control... People like Deschambeau who rebuild their golf swing and pick up that amazing distance—you can't handicap um, the shorter hitters um, that can't move it out there. That 300-plus, like he's able to. So, but they do a really good job of making sure the par threes are going to be equal, the par fours are going to be as close, and then the par fives are just you know open game to everybody, whether you can get there or not. All right. So going back over to Twitter, this question comes in from Matt on. Club selection around the green So Matt was asking me about seeing a lot of shots over the weekend the guys were opening the blades and, and hitting those flop shots And he, he's asking when do you hit the high shot? When do you hit the low shot and when do you choose to hit the the what club to choose from? So Matt one of the biggest things that I go into with this um, Is again kind of going back to Josh's question earlier with your go-to shot Um I recommend my students hit the same type of chip, a pitch approach shot from 40 yards in the end, you know, roughly 70, 80% of the time. And that's not an exact number. I would say hit it 100% of the time and the lie or the conditions will change that a little bit. Um, but hit one shot, have a go-to that you're going to do the same thing. It's just way, it's way more consistent and easy to do the same thing over and over than it is to try and change each time. Now, that being said, I understand if there's a bunker in the way or you've got to throw it up and over a mound or carry things, or you've got a lot of green to work with, those selections can help you with that. So Matt, what I tell you to do, uh, and this is a, a drill I got from a guy that was playing on the... NGA tour, uh, later played on Canadian tour when he was at a course of mine in Chattanooga. But he learned how to get up and down from every location from th- with three different clubs, and I still use this drill where he would set the tees around the hole three feet, and I'd have to get seven out of ten balls inside that that box or that circle around the hole. And I'd do it with my sandwich. Then I, me personally, I use a nine iron and then I use a seven iron. A- and so for me, the nine iron I can throw it a little bit further. Then the seven iron and it rolls, it's a little bit softer. The seven, I don't have to throw it. It gets it on the ground faster and it rolls a lot more. So for me, it really makes that selection. I'm gonna hit a lower shot more times than most. Uh, I can hit the high shots. I carry a 64 degree wedge. um, And the reason I do the 64 degree wedge is I can play my normal shot and get the extra height out of it versus having to open the blade and try and use the bounce. Um, But using the bounce is a great way to chip. Um, it's guaranteed that you're going to be able to get underneath the ball and get it up and elevated in the air. Uh, the problem I have with it is I try and swing too hard with it and I throw it, try and get too much of a Mickelson flop. So that's why I prefer the lower shot. Um, but Matt, I would tell you to, next time you go out and chip, use your 56, your 58, your 54, your 60, whatever your highest lofted wedge is and, and hit those shots, um, and, and just practice hitting it one way, um whether it's a medium trajectory, high, low, that's your choice. But just practice hitting that one way shot for the next two or three rounds and notice how your chipping gets better because you're doing the same thing over and over. Uh, You don't see a tour pro step up to 150 yard shot and try and hit a four iron unless there's something in his way. Um, From 150, he's got a club he's going to do every time and We watch the Tour Pros. I think the average player watches the Tour Pros too much and tries to get too creative in the game and forgets of the hundreds of thousands of hours they have practiced to get to that skill level and be able to hit those shots. And even then, those guys don't hit those shots perfectly every time. We saw Jason Day last week at the Rocket Mortgage um, actually... Get so far underneath a chip shot trying to hit it so soft that he left it in the rough. Didn't even get it on the green from just a couple of yards off. Now he chipped the next one up and it made an amazing bogey after almost whiffing a shot. But best players in the world are still, still going to miss hit shots. So the sooner we quit trying to be them hitting all the shots and just get better at hitting the one shot we're good at, our scores are going to lower. Your rounds are going to get better, and you're going to feel better about yourself. So we really dove into a lot of how to play the game and how to practice this week. So keep those questions coming in. Uh, We've got some events coming up next week uh, with the pro M Series, and we've also got the the match play for the TJs currently going on. They made it through the semifinals, top 16. As we know, more updates. I'll give you some uh, round leaders and winners of that next week on the show but everybody be safe have fun get out and play some golf and just work on that one thing of trying to hit that tee shot in play one way if it's a little cut or a little draw your choice but find your go-to shot let's work on getting your game better this year and everybody have a great week thanks so much